McConnell, huh? Not a swamp snake? Well, kind of that, but he's special, right? He looks like a turtle. We're going to call him the swamp turtle because guess what? He came out against Republicans who condemned Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, which is pretty much everybody, all right? These guys have been terrible. They were censured by the RNC. Mitch McConnell had to weigh in and say, well, that wasn't a very good idea. And uh, then he, he went further. January 6th. I don't think he's gone this far before. This guy really, really should be on CNN full time. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election. None of that's true. Not an insurrection. None of that's true. And you know what? This is true, Mitch McConnell. You've been there for 40 something years and you've done very little, if anything at all. Our immigration crisis continues. It's worse than ever. In fact, it is an invasion. An invasion. Yes, it is. We'll have proof of that, or at least certification of that in just a moment. But when Donald Trump came out and said it was an invasion, people like you got scared, got nervous, and ran away. I declared a national emergency, which is what it is. This is an invasion. When you see these caravans starting out with 20,000 people, that's an invasion. Rule number one of the swamp, don't say anything that everybody understands to be true, but they have no intention of fixing it. All right. So when he said words like that, everybody got really mad. Let's be honest. This wasn't an invasion. Okay. It was frustrated asylum seekers at the border. It's not an invasion at all or by any definition. This is not an invasion. These are people seeking a better life. It isn't an invasion. Thousands of people come to U.S. borders every year. It's not an invasion. Things have taken a turn for the worse, haven't they, huh? Now, the attorney general of Arizona has written an official opinion, and they're classifying it an invasion. The violence and lawlessness at the border caused by transnational cartels and gangs satisfies the definition of an invasion. They go on to say the federal government has a duty to protect Arizona under the invasion clause. And also this, Arizona retains the independent authority under the self, state self-defense clause to defend itself when actually invaded. And that's happening. And Joe Biden obviously does not take his responsibilities very seriously, even though they're pretty cut and dried. Will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. How about so that? Did you hear that? He swore to protect the Constitution of the United States. And in that Constitution, Arizona just referred to this. It says as follows. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. And that's not happening. We see it all every day at the border, at bus depots, also lately at airports in the middle of the night. Migrants, illegal migrants coming into this country. I believe that this is impeachable. These are impeachable offenses. Joe Biden is not living up uh, to his solemn promise to protect the borders. He's also ruining the country from within. This is astounding. This is really happening, though. Crack pipes, smoking kits will be made available uh, to people across the country, especially in the most beleaguered 
communities. Take a look at this headline, please. Uh, Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. It's a disgrace. $30 million program will provide smoking kits to vulnerable communities. Smoking kits, including crack pipes. It reads further, if you don't mind, purchase equipment and supplies, enhance harm reduction efforts such as safe smoking kits and supplies. The priority populations for this program are underserved communities. What communities are those? Black, Latino, indigenous, Native American persons. Uh, Newsflash, there's not a shortage of crack cocaine for the most part in those communities. Hunter Biden, can't you grab a hold of your father and let him know the nightmare that you went through? Or I don't know, maybe you're not recovered. I hope you are, by the way, I really do. But this is dangerous stuff. We already know he's blowing it at the border. You're doing your thing overseas. This is corrupting us from within. At one point, your father certainly knew better. This is back in the 1990s. And Hunter, someone online had a, took some liberties with his speech and your hopefully previous habit. A piece of crack cocaine, no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand, one quarter of one dollar. We passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says if you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Automatic, automatic jail time. Wow, where have we come? That man, his administration, now advocating for crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. This is insane. This is what the mainstream media wanted. This is what big tech wanted. This guy, these kinds of policies. Where did this really come from? Why did they do so much to help Joe Biden and hurt Donald Trump? We'll get to that in the next block. I think it was jealousy. Jealousy, feeling or showing an unhappy or angry desire to have what someone else has. Think about it. Donald Trump goes into politics late in life. He's 69 years old. Paul Ryan went in when he was 29 years old. He wins on his first time out and becomes president. Guess what? That really rankles career politicians. It messes with their mind. They can't stand it. Paul Ryan is one. Mitch McConnell is another. He's been in politics since he was in his 30s. All he knows how to do is make promises and raise money and do weird things on Capitol Hill, not, not fulfill anything, not have any deadlines, just ghost. Um, who's this? Oh, Chris Christie, the worst. Do uh, you think he admires Donald Trump? He resents him. And we all saw Nancy Pelosi. We know how she feels. It's interesting. Sometimes you think they're doing this on the merits. No. So much of politics is personal. Unfortunately, we're the casualties. Their personal resentment of him, it seems like they hate him more than they love the country. And that's a real shame for all of us. All right, when we come back, we're gonna show you something very odd in China. Have you been watching the Olympics? It is astounding where they're happening. Right next to an old, broken down power plant? 
Yes, this is the Olympics in China. Be right back. former president of the United States. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. President Trump is right. That's why millions of Americans are tuning into Newsmax for the real news they can trust. All I can can say say is that the the fake news news just doesn't doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, they are, they're not impressed with the people I love, those truckers up in Canada, shall we? I love it. I love it. I love what they're doing. I love what they stand for. A lot of pressure is coming down on them. By the way, it's illegal now for them to honk their horns, okay? They're just hassling these guys. And they were being very respectful. They were only honking them once an hour, and they stopped at 8 o'clock at night. Now it's a threat to national security. And Justin Trudeau, wow, what a wimp, what a drama queen. And I think he's a liar, too. Individuals? are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or a Confederate flag. Those are false flags. That, we believe, is a false flag operation. You know, when I first heard the phrase false flag, I wasn't exactly sure what it meant. Now I know. They had Antifa, they had whoever wave that horrible flag, the Nazi flag, trying to get people to think wrongly, incorrectly, that those horrible people are associated with the truckers, okay? It's not actually the case at all, but it gives them the pretext to do all this horrible stuff to the truckers. That is textbook false flag. And everybody up there on the left is falling right in line with this fake narrative. This is not something this country has ever seen before. I understand Mark uh, Carney referred to it as sedition today. I think that's exactly what it is. This is treason. This is way bigger. This is a group of well polished professional people that are trying to overthrow the gun the the government of democratically elected government of this country it's really an insurrection it's a it's an attack on our democracy it's an attack on our federal government it has a lot of international elements to it the money is flowing from the u.s right um, this is right out of the trump playbook She's right out of the AOC, Nancy Pelosi playbook. Uh, I've seen the pictures. I've got friends in Canada. We've been talking. We're going to talk to a trucker in just a little bit. The country is not falling apart. You want to see a country that's falling apart? You want to see sedition? Two years ago, Black Lives Matter and those horrific riots in this country that were embraced by the left, that were encouraged by Joe Biden in a cynical attempt to gain power, right? Right. 
This is a problem. What you got going on there in Canada, that's actually quite beautiful. It's very beautiful. So disappointed in the Canadian government. All right, also this. China, <laughs> they said the Olympics would be glorious. This is a depiction of the Yang Quin National Ski Center. Looks great, right? I see plenty of snow and, and slopes. This is the nonsense they told the Olympic Committee they would see in China. This is what it really looks like. Uh, a bunch of gravel and artificial snow. Skiers are supposed to ski down this stuff. It's a horrible situation. Look, I mean, it's not measuring up. But the Chinese, let's face it, under the communists, very, very deceptive. Now, where they do the, uh, the snowboarding event, this is hard to believe, but it's true. Right next to that old power plant, I understand it's not technically a nuclear power plant, but boy, oh boy, those look like nuclear cooling towers, don't they? You see the white little ski jump? Yeah, it's right next to the damn thing, right there. It's not an ideal situation. In fact, it's it's unsatisfactory. Um, and what they're feeding our athletes, take a look. Uh, a report from one athlete, this is what they're getting I, three times a day, the same meal. This is not what you feed world-class athletes. Uh, we have a, oh, so I pointed this out, by the way, on Twitter. <laughs> I was kind of kidding around. Are these the nuclear winter games? Get it? Because it looked like a, a nuclear landscape. Oh, boy, I went even further. Obviously, lots of bribes went around to bring the China Olympics, the Olympics to China. And what happened to a good old chalet and hot cocoa? Good questions, right? Well, guess who was watching? This guy, the council of the China embassy in Lebanon, He's weighing in. He's their point man on social media regarding the Olympics, and he goes after me. Yeah, he says I'm lying. He says I'm, uh, ooh, showing your ignorance. Well, I'm just looking at the pictures, pal, all right? And the situation is unsatisfactory. Let me show you how the Olympics are done. Shall we go to Lillehammer in Norway? That was beautiful. You see, quaint town, plenty of snow. How about Nagano, Japan? Perfect, perfect. Or uh, Torino in Italy. This is how it's done, uh, Mr. Counselor General of the Lebanon Embassy for the Chinese. Got it? Not like this, okay? This is inadequate. Do we agree? I think we do. All right, finally this. So this is Eric Adams, uh, the new mayor of New York City. And folks, we have a problem here in New York. He doesn't know much. Uh, he really... It's not impressive. I'm sorry. And when you lie about the small things, you'll lie about the big things. And he's been caught in lies. He's also been caught in some racist statements. But this is a strange little controversy about his diet. I eat a plant-based centered life. Some people want to call me vegan. Vegans eat Oreos and they drink Coca-Cola. I don't. I eat a plant-based centered life. And those who are the food police for me, uh, they can food police all the time. I had a plant-based centered life. Okay, well, he actually called himself a vegan. 
Uh, he wrote, ran around campaigning, I'm the vegan guy for mayor. Headlines all over the place. This is a big part of his identity. He's vegan. Veganism changed his life. Veganism being no meat, no animal products whatsoever, no fish, no eggs. It's all in his book, by the way. He wrote a book about this. He's not a dietitian or anything like that. He's just, a, just got a big smile. And in the book, it says as follows. Uh, seafood is one of the highest sources of dietary cholesterol. Again, according to Eric Adams. Next, studies show that folks who don't eat meat and fish cut their risk of dementia by 50%. Fish, you know, I, I never heard that about fish, but he's he's writing it down. It got some people curious. All right, uh, what does he really eat? So Politico reports, they went to some restaurants where he went, and a restaurant employee told Politico, Adams usually dines on fish and salad, even though the mayor claims he's a vegan and wrote that book we just talked about. Next, it says, according to a waiter, he's not a vegan, he's a pescatarian. That's somebody who eats fish, who was granted anonymity to speak candidly about the mayor. Uh, hmm. So he was challenged about this. All right, what's going on here? And he got really defensive. So you eat fish? I eat a plant-based scented life. I eat a plant-based scented life. And I'm not going down this rabbit hole of what do you eat if you eat cake and it has eggs in it that you analyze it. I'm not doing that. All right. Well, um, you did it when you were running for mayor. And again, if you lie about the small things, you're probably lying about the big things. And he is. And we caught him. Uh, I am perfectly imperfect, he says, and have occasionally eaten fish. Why would you lie about it? And why would you be so evasive and cagey about something so small? That means you're going to be evasive and cagey about the big, important things. And we've already seen it. Earlier this week, we caught him on tape during the campaign calling white people crackers, boasting about his preference to smoke weed instead of work, and also talking about a 30% kickback uh, for mayoral funds that are going to private businesses. Very strange stuff. We've got a big problem with this guy in New York. I'm saying don't come here until things settle down. We don't know how this is going to turn out. Okay, when we come back, Capitol Police. Look, it pains me to say that that department is broken. And now a congressman is accusing them of spying on his office. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Hey, I told you about this book I'm reading, right? Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections by Molly Hemingway. It's something else. I'm learning a lot. Uh, what's that guy's name? The Georgia Secretary of State, Raff, Raffsenberger, Raffsenberger, him. Anyway, did you know this? That his office took $5.5 million dollars from Facebook, from that phony baloney nonprofit side of Facebook. Take a look at this. It's in the book. Raffensperger also requested and received a $5.5 million grant from the privately funded Center for Election Innovation and Research, a group funded by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. The group 
reported Georgia used the funds to push mail-in balloting. That totally favors Democrats every time. The Secretary of State's office focused the spending in Democratic counties. Now, why would he do that? Hmm? So much more I want to know. Again, I'm still making my way through the book. And it kind of makes sense when Zuckerberg had that flag. Remember when he went on that weird surfboard ride on the wake, on the, on the lake? What was that all about? He feels that somehow he saved the country. No, I think he's sabotaging the country. We've got a big problem on our hands with this guy, an oligarch, unlimited money, and unlimited power. It's almost like he's a fourth branch of government, <laughs> even more important than the other three combined sometimes. This is dangerous stuff. All right, also want to talk about this real quick, the Capitol Police. It is appropriate, it is correct to have grave concerns about the this department. We saw what happened on January 6th. They shot Ashley Babbitt. She wasn't armed and they were not held accountable. It's really bad stuff. And how people got into the Capitol with these guys just standing there. Now we have a new complaint from Congressman Troy Niels. He says that uh, they're spying on him. Capitol Police, he tweeted, entered my office without my knowledge and photographed confidential legislative products. Two days later, three intelligence officers attempted to enter my office while the House was in recess. Okay, there's more. Upon discovering a member of my staff, special agents dressed like construction workers began to question him. They had no authority to photograph my office, let alone investigate myself or members of my staff. Now, the Capitol Police, they say, well, we saw a door open. That's all that happened. And we closed the door. He's a sheriff. I kind of trust the congressman on this one. I want to know more, just like I want to know more about January 6th. And these are the questions that so-called January 6th select committee, they're not asking. Number one, that small cop, the short one who frantically waved people onto the steps. Who was that cop and why were they so directing uh, the protesters? Also, why were cops standing by as people entered the Capitol almost welcoming them. See that? There they are. No problem. Welcome to the Capitol. Most of all, the three officers who were right outside the, that hallway outside the House of Representatives, why did they just walk away? That's a hell of a time for a coffee break. There they go. And then all hell breaks loose. And less than a minute later, Ashley Babbitt is killed. And why were some cops just standing around? Do you remember this guy? He was begging for help. You got to do something. Call for backup. And these guys in all kinds of riot gear, not marked with police, by the way, that would be helpful, just stood there. And then those creepy officers who testified last summer, Ganell and Dunn, the waterworks, the Trump bashing, the Capitol Police, they should probably dismantle it have the U.S. Marshals take over. There are too many, too many concerns. This is not right. Something really bad could happen. Something bad is happening. What do you think? Let me know. Am I being too harsh? I don't think so. All right, stay with us. We're going up to Ottawa, Canada to meet another trucker. These guys are doing great, but they're under fire from the liberal government up there. Liberty loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight 
Tune in to the Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Well, you know how I feel about these truckers. I love them. I love what they're doing. Uh, They've had it with the mandates, the restrictions. Enough is enough. And they drove, uh, looks like thousands of them, to the capital of Canada, Ottawa. And they're demanding change. And I hope they get it. I think they will. We're joined now by truck driver Carl Anderson and his son, Marty. It looks like they're in the cab of their truck right now. Gentlemen, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? We're doing good. How are you? Terrific. Uh, do me a favor, if you could, give us an update. Um, what's happening? I heard that they were going to bring a, a negotiator, a federal negotiator in and see if you could work this thing out. What's happening? Well, I guess um, some information trickling down from the top there from the organizers. We're, we're getting it where we can and trying to stay up to date. But, um, yeah, I think they definitely want to try to hopefully work something out with us and and get some guys moving and we all want to go home too but we came here with a purpose and a mission and um hopefully we can get that worked out I want to play you something that uh the prime minister said about you guys uh today this is justin trudeau and he said some pretty ugly things about the truck drivers now personally i don't believe him but i want your reaction let's go ahead and roll that tape please Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. The people of Ottawa don't deserve to be harassed in their own neighborhoods. They don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or a Confederate flag. Mr. Anderson, Carl, is, is, is any of that true? Is this some sort of intimidation campaign? And uh, what do you have to say about swastikas? Well, first of all, I'd say that he's probably lying about everything. Um, there are no swastikas here. Everybody's peaceful. It's a peaceful demonstration. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of words I'd like to use, but I'll just keep it simple. He's lying. And he's uh, he's held the entire country hostage, I guess you could say, for, for almost two years. We've only been here for about nine days. So he's uh, it's a bit of a hypocrite. Hey, are, yes. you, are you guys still blowing the horns? I, I understand that the judge uh, said no more horn blowing. I could understand how the horn blowing for people would get perhaps a little bit annoying, but I think you guys were always being kind of organized about it, doing it once an hour. Anyway, what's up with the horns at this point, please? Well, we're not allowed to blow our horns, I think, for 10 days. They got an injunction from a, from a judge, I guess. So, so we have these. Hang on, I'll show you. We, we honk these. A whole bunch of us got these. We do these downtown now. <laughs> so no one's blowing the horn? I mean, what would happen if you blew the horn right now? You mean like this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you'd do that. I mean, <laughs> well, there's only so much they can do. It's a lot of intimidation. Obviously, um, it's a coordinated effort by everybody here. We all understand um, that the citizens of Ottawa are irritated. We want to respect their their lives as well. Right. So. 
We're following the rules. I the want to. I understand. There's another. This is an Ottawa City Councilwoman, very much in line with uh, uh, Justin, but she takes it a little bit further. I'd like to play that for you, if you don't mind. This is not something this country has ever seen before. I understand Mark uh, Carney referred to it as sedition today. I think that's exactly what it is. This is treason. This is way bigger. This is a group of well-polished professional people that are trying to overthrow the 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 government of democratically elected government of this country. It's really an insurrection. It's a it's an attack on our democracy. It's an attack on our federal government. It has a lot of international elements to it. The money is flowing from the U.S. Right. Um, this is right out of the Trump playbook. All right, Carl and Marty, you heard it right there. You are well-polished professionals out to destroy the government, and you are well-funded uh, by Donald Trump. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, <laughs> your financing from America, if you don't mind? It's funny. It is. They I need know. To, to look in the mirror, basically, and um, look at the hypocrisy coming out of their mouth and, and just realize the bigger picture that they're ignoring um, from the overwhelming support from every angle, it goes to show that, you know, people have had enough and the people have realized that we have the power and there's power in numbers. And apparently they missed the, the statement there from Elections Canada a couple of days ago. I don't know if it was a, a Democratic election. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, I'm kind of curious. I see a little bit of a light flashing outside. Uh, is that is your is your camera turnable? Can you turn it around and just give us a sense of of what's happening around you? And as you do that, uh, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you have a sense of, uh, you know, are people coming up to you congratulating you or are they telling you to, you know, pack it in? How are the people treating you? It's incredible. The support is unbelievable. It almost makes me cry. All the, all the families with the little kids coming by, everybody's got something for you. Um, words of encouragement. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people, not just a few people. And there was probably over a million people here downtown on Saturday. Downtown, not far from here, two blocks is where Wellington Street is. There was, uh, they were dancing, cheering, singing Old Canada, and everybody's hugging. It's, it's a big love affair, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's been an incredible experience, an emotional roller coaster. I don't know if if either of us have cried so much in the last 20 years than we have in the last week. All of the uh, personal notes and pictures from all the kids and, and families, people offering to do our laundry, bring us home-cooked meals, bring us into their homes for showers if we need. Um, the It's been nothing but positivity the entire time. Well, you know, I always loved your national anthem uh, at the hockey games. We'd hear it, oh, Canada, glorious and free and free. I wonder if Justin Trudeau has forgotten about that. Very quickly, you guys are father and son. Are you always a team on the road? Is this a special occasion? And also, that little area behind you, is that where you sleep? It looks like the bed. Well, we got two beds. We got bunk beds back there, upper and lower, double beds. And uh, and are you guys a team? Are you guys? How does it work normally? Well, I'm I'm usually trucking by myself. My son here is into real estate. He doesn't need to drive a truck. He's making more money than I am anyway. Um, 
yeah, but I sleep in here all the time anyway. And I just got the top bunk flipped down, and that's where he's sleeping. That's but we are cool. a team at home. We're always we are, a team. We're a team, absolutely. But we don't drive as a team, not not as per se. Well, I understand. I think you'll remember this forever. What, and uh, I think the world will as well. Finally, if you don't mind, and I'm sorry we didn't cover this earlier, where is home in Canada for you guys? Calgary. Calgary, Alberta. Alberta. Right. You guys had it's the Olympics there. It's on the other there. side of the country. Yeah? It's on the other side of the country from here, pretty much. It took us four days to get here in the convoy. Well... We're glad you made the trip. Keep us posted. Anxious to see how this thing turns out. We're rooting for you. We're kind of counting on you as well. All the best, okay? Marty and Carl Anderson, great truckers from Calgary. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. One more time. One more time. (laughs) Thank you. No, 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 no. I'm trying to get you guys to blow the horn one more (laughs) time. Thank you. I don't want anybody arrested, but that was fun. Thank you, gentlemen. To be continued. And we'll be right back with Dr. Oz. He's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. Look, I love the guy. What can I tell you? I've known him for a long time. I think he's great. You got to get to know him. And uh, I think you'll be really impressed. We'll be right back. Hey, there's Dr. Roz talking to a bunch of people somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yes, you're on TV standing next to uh, a person. And I see a lot of people in the background and oh, they can hear me. Hey, everybody in Pennsylvania. Dr. Roz, welcome back to Newsmax. Uh, Where are you and and who are these people? We're at the This is a beautiful community in the northeast part of Pennsylvania. I've got Christina here getting her blood pressure checked. Because we're asking people, let's get your blood pressure up. And they're giving a little dose of reality. You have a good time? Yeah! <laughs> you know, Greg, the best part about this whole thing is folks are excited, they're passionate, they're channeling that, they want to see change, they're very clear on what's going wrong, they understand why Washington's making mistakes right and left, they know their values aren't being respected, and they hear it, they sure it stops. Did I get it right? Yeah. All right. Hey, sounds great. Hello to all those Pennsylvanians. So, Dr. Roz, look, you know how I feel about you. Full disclosure, everybody, I've known Dr. Roz for about 14 years. I think he's fantastic. If I were there, I'd vote for him, but I don't live there. I can't vote for him. So, Dr. Roz, people are watching, and our audience is growing, by the way. What should they know about you that they don't know right now? I love people. I hope you feel that as well. I'm passionate about this race. Uh, because I know that we can do much, much better. And what I'm learning from the citizens of Pennsylvania is you have the answers. I heard today answers about pro-life, about Second Amendment, about the need to get people working again, about inflation, and, and what's wrong with our schools. And the immigration, just, just a few miles from here, they're bringing folks into a facility without the federal government telling anybody where they're, where they're from, what they're about, how many, how long. These are issues that makes Pennsylvania a border state. But... Uh, all across the board, these are we're, we're a, a, a American Legion headquarters. These folks fought for our country. They did everything we asked for them, like you did, Greg. And they want to know why is that we're not respecting the values of Americans. And we need to stand up for our rights. They mentioned China. They bring up the fact we have a feckless uh, approach to countries that are threatening our well-being. And they want strong leadership that can boldly proclaim what America stands for. Yeah! <laughs> all right. All right. Now, listen. Uh, I got to bring up this one guy who I've heard about, quite frankly, again, full disclosure, 
I'm not a fan, but his name is McCormick. And he's running around. He's done. Well, you tell me about this guy. He's running for the Republican nomination. Why you and not him? He's an idiot. I, I, I offer us an ability to have a loud, bold vision in Washington, a, a person who can articulate exactly what folks here feel to drive meaningful change in the way our government hears us. We have the answers. If the government gets off our back and reduces regulations and honors the intent of the amendment, which is to believe that states have the rights to rule themselves, though these people are going to be super happy. I can tell that story. I'm also not compromised by building the largest hedge fund in China ever, which just happened a few months ago. And I think that sends a clear message where your priorities are. My priorities are right here in Pennsylvania. I will fight as I have for the, my entire career to make sure whoever my opponent is, I'll go to the mat to make sure that what I believe is true and faithful is a whole. And I think I've shown that to you guys tonight. Okay? All right. So right now, it looks like something of a uh, Dr. Oz rally, which is great. But it's uh, let's see, it's uh, it's Tuesday night. I'm guessing there's got to be one undecided person somewhere in that audience. You may not have had up your made up your mind. Is there anybody who's undecided? And if you are, please come forward. Please undecided come forward. I should point out, Greg, that I, I don't have these as pet rallies. I hope that I'm saying this truthfully, but many people came here curious. They weren't actually going to vote for me. They didn't really know enough about me to make a decision, which I, I want you to be skeptical. Take back. But I think that it's fair to say that a lot of you didn't know much. And we've been talking here for over an hour. You know, I, I, I think I articulate the values that people in Pennsylvania hold dear to their hearts. And I reflected the frustration and anger they have as well. But Chris, let me ask you, do you guys push a pressure check? Did you come here convinced that you wanted to support me? No, I didn't. You made up my mind today. So, so, so how did I do that? <laughs> there were a few things that were important to me. And you covered um, like the way that you answered most of them. Give me one example so Greg Kelly feels satisfied. What, what's the one issue that I addressed that you weren't sure about me with, but you feel more comfortable? I didn't know your stance on immigration, um, and so I liked the information that you provided with that. And I was concerned about um, preserving the medical um, integrity, integrity. Mm -hmm. and, and autonomy. Thank you. You listen more than you talk. I listen. I listen more than I talk. Thank you. you no, know, I, I learned that from my wife because my house, the prosecution never rests, so I never get to talk. What other things that you do? Go ahead. You're strong and you're willing to take on Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I made up my mind 13 years ago and y'all put it on my car. All right. I'm just looking for the candidate who's going to do something about election fraud and make sure we have election integrity in this country. I've been with you for a long time. I love doing these town halls. It means the world for me that y'all came. I actually appreciated that when I walked in here, there was a lot of skepticism because it means that I'm doing something. That means uh, that you will actually think differently. And if people come with an open mind towards what we're talking through, people will be here with a little lower blood pressure. By the way, I should point out, Christina, we were checking her blood pressure. And she, and just look at what are you doing for the folks at home? And human resources. 
Human resources talk a lot of All right, Dr. Roz, Dr. Roz. It's gotten better. I'm very proud of you. I have to... I have to remind everybody, this is still the Greg Kelly show, and I have to reassert my role here. (laughs) Now, Dr. Oz, I got to give you the big question, and I know you've gotten it before, but I actually think you can use this to your advantage. And quite frankly, this is an opinion show. You know how I feel about you. I've been upfront with the viewers. But here's the question, and I know you, and I think you can turn it to your advantage. Let's face it, you spent some time out of Pennsylvania. But the way I see it, you're wealthy enough to live anywhere you want, (laughs) and you chose Pennsylvania. Uh, I think that's a pretty good uh, explanation right there. But how are you handling it when people bring it up? You know, we knew you were in New York, all these other places. How do you handle it? I handle it with great pride. It came up today. Uh, I grew up just south of Philadelphia, Kansas Square, which is the mushroom uh, capital of the world, just south of there. And I quoted my dad, who said, you don't want to be treated like a mushroom in life. You don't want to be kept in the dark and fed neural day long, which is what has been happening to us. But let me just answer one quick response, Greg, and you all decided to agree with this. I think you all care much more about what I stand for than where I'm from. Is that right? God bless you. Thank you very much. All right. For Pennsylvania, it's what we see. By the way, we have more survey data from a third party today that I was not involved with that shows me again with a double digit lead of, of my opponents in Pennsylvania. So these folks are resonating with us. God bless you all. Hey, thank you to all those folks. Thank you, Dr. Roz. Good luck to be continued. Everybody can go to drroz.com. And thank you for letting me anchor my own show for a little while. (laughs) I do love that guy. He's amazing. And uh, let's see what happens, okay? Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. From the Department of Homeland Security this afternoon, a new summary of the terrorism threat to the United States homeland. They just posted this. And I have to tell you, it's... uh, It's very disappointing. It's almost chilling. Not the threat that we, but this line right here. They're citing the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in US government institutions, that that somehow raises our our threat, our vulnerability to a terrorist attack. The problem here, who determines what's true and what's false? And quite frankly, what's wrong with not trusting the government, undermining public trust in government institutions? We're allowed to not trust them. They failed us before. I'm not saying they're illegitimate, of course not. But words like this have no business being in this kind of document. They're blaming people like me. They're blaming people like Joe Rogan, all right? They're blaming people like Molly Hemingway, who wrote a book that's fascinating and raising questions about the election of 2020. These are good people. It is safe and patriotic to question your government, but our government is starting to say it's not. That is wrong. I'll see you tomorrow night.